Hi, friends. I'm Olivia. I'm Rod. And you're listening to Just One More Thing from Sunrise Church. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Just One More Thing from Sunrise Church. In today's episode, we are covering the January 28th sermon titled Simplifying Church. And like the rest of the sermons in this current series, this ties back to a sermon that you did back in December called Gifts Neglected Community. Similar to prayer, you looked back at that sermon and figured, well, you know, I kind of said all I wanted to in that area, which, if I remember correctly, that was more why we need to be in church, the importance of gathering as believers, the importance of community for the believer. This one was directed more from inside to the outside. So this was like, here's the purpose of the church, not why we need to gather in but why we need to kind of, I guess, go from the inside out. Is that a fair way to describe it? I think so. Um, The number one thing I wanted to do was make people aware that there is a question about, is the church still relevant? And, you know, different authors see a problem with the church uh, by demonstrating that the church is dying what the church needs to change, what does that change look like? And I really wanted to give people an inside look at how do people go about choosing the church, what's important. That's where I was going with that. So people would leave there to be able to tell their friends or even themselves what's really important about church, how God has called it into existence, and it has a mission, a mission to witness. So you could say that. I think that's a good way to put it. It was kind of an inside-out look at the church. And you used a really good visual aid in explaining how different churches might look different. You know, you talked about Catholics and Charismatics. Like that visually and your experience of going to these places, that'll look very differently. But the inside needs to be the same in that the message that they are giving the teaching, the core of what the church is should be consistent no matter what denomination, no matter what location the church is in. And the way you did that was with three different jars and you filled it with water and said that, you know, the the water's the same no matter what the jar looks like. Where did you get that illustration? I know you referenced that you got it from someone, but can you Say again yeah. where you got that illustration. Yeah, I had a good friend of mine in seminary, uh, Dave Gibbons. He pastors New Song Church in California. And Dave calls it liquid leadership. And that's the first person I've ever heard that used that type of illustration. And so he says, you know, water takes the form of the container it's in, just like Christianity and the message of Christ must account for the culture in which she finds herself. So that might look very different from the outside, but you've got to make sure the inside stays right, that the message stays right, that we are witnessing to the death and resurrection of Jesus and the offer, the gift that's that's offered to believe in the gift and the giver that we can have eternal life. So yeah, my, my friend Dave Gibbons is the one that I first thought about that illustration from. So you wanted me to ask you, about brandy, and I don't know why I'm asking this, but what's the deal with brandy? <laughs> so I'm listening. I'd read parts of the book Blink by Malcolm Gladwell, 
And one of the things he talks about in there is something called sensation transference. And he uses an illustration in there about a brandy company, Christian Brothers Brandy Company. They, they wanted to see why they were slipping in market share. And so they hired this company to go about and survey to do like a taste test and those types of things. Doing a taste test straight on, a blind taste test, both of the brandies, that and I think it's called E&J, that was their main competitor, they scored about the same. And they ended up giving taste tests where they knew the brand, but it was just the bottle. It wasn't the name. It was just the bottle. E&J did really well on that, on that taste test. And so what they ended up doing was switching bottles. They put the one brandy by Christian Brothers in the E&J bottle and the E&J brandy in the Christian Brothers bottle. And in that test, the Christian Brothers brandy won running away. And the point of the story is this. As much as we would like to think about what's the inside, what the liquid is, we cannot help but make a judgment based on what we see on the outside. So what I was really trying to get people to to think through there is when they look for a church and when they're trying to decide about church, what kind of package is that in? I think God calls us to be relevant, to be with our culture, to try to communicate with our culture, but to never change the insides of the package, the liquid, as it were. But the outside does make a difference and it does influence us. So um, that's the problem that the church has. When people have the idea of church, a lot of times they can go to something that's very traditional on the outside, but a lot of churches, the inside has changed. The message of Christ has changed. Their traditions are the same as they were maybe 60 years ago. But in order to gain an audience, they have changed the the message. And, And I think that completely violates what we are called to do. Our methods have to be flexible. Our package can look different, but we must maintain the integrity of the insides of the message of Christ. So that's what I was trying to do. And then off of that, I went to talk about Epaphroditus in Philippians 2.25 and how Paul viewed him as a member of a family, you know, my brother, as a... um, kind of a business person. They're in a work together. He says, my co-laborer. And then uh, a fellow soldier. In other words, someone given a task, having to go through hard times to complete the task. And that concept came back in the 90s. I heard that from a guy named Jim Dethmer about the church as a community, a cause, or a corporation. And each church will have a different emphasis on that. And that lines up with our personalities. Uh, by and large. But but I wanted to keep front and center the message of Christ that cannot change, the liquid, as it were. Can I ask a loaded question? Absolutely. So a lot of the books that you brought up, in your example, just talking about how this is a very, I guess, relevant topic in, you know, what is the status of the church? What is the church here for? How much does the church need to change? Things like that. Some of the books that you brought up, I think, were from the 80s through, today. you know, close, yeah, closer to today. And so it seems like this has been a problem for a long time. So I guess my question is, one, 
I think those books specifically talked about the American church. Yes. Okay. So do you think that the American church is in that state where it is kind of in ruins or it's dying like some of those books talked about? I'll let you answer that first, and then I have a follow-up. Yes, I do believe that's the case. I I believe God gave us a moment to come back to him, to get our attention after 9-11. And I believe what happened was people went into the church expecting to hear from God, and what they saw was that the church had not changed from their childhood or before from their grandparents' childhood. And um, so, so they gave up on that. I mean, church attendance went through the roof the first couple of weeks after 9-11, and then it drifted off very quickly after that. So uh, I think the church is asking a lot of questions. And what I'm seeing is people desperate for relevance they, they are desperate to prove the church relevance, and so they start compromising in areas. And one of the areas they compromise in is the message. You can go to a church and uh, go there for four weeks in a row and maybe never hear the name Jesus. And, and why are we a church if it's not about Jesus? But that's the drift of organizations. They come with a purpose, and then after a while, they end up drifting away. You know, on the one hand, you say, well, it doesn't matter if you have a message if no one's going to hear that. But on the other hand, if you've got a lot of people there to hear it and you can't give them a message, a message of life, uh, then what use is it? So the church is really struggling right now, the church in America. And they get in, they're getting involved in causes that uh, really, you know, I guess they see it as maybe helping on this side of eternity but that we've we're called to look far beyond just this side of eternity. So having said that, where do you think the I guess weakest link in the chain is that would actually make a difference if we fix that? I know you mentioned that during the Vietnam era a lot of people to avoid going to Vietnam went into seminary and then after that you have basically a whole generation of people who like you said knew a lot but didn't really have any beliefs or, I guess, concern about what they were worth they were learning. And so that obviously causes a lot of problems. Is it that link where we need stronger people with conviction coming out of the education side of things? Is it that people within church currently, just regular congregants, don't really have the fire and passion to change their church or to get involved? Where do you think is the point where the person listening to this can actually act and and help fix this? That is a fantastic question. I think the church has a full court press against it at the moment. On the one hand, you can see the problem in the pulpit. And the problem in the pulpit is one of authority. What authority does a person have to get up and speak the message of Christ. If the authority is anything other than the Word of God, then we're in trouble because that gets on a slippery slope real fast. And a lot of guys are uh, very talented in their communication skill, but that's as far as it goes. You know, when when Jesus spoke, when he preached the uh, Sermon on the Mount, at the very end of that, they said he was unlike other preachers. He was unlike other rabbis or speakers because he spoke as one having authority. Where does our authority come from? From the Word of God. And I think from the pulpit side, we have left the authority of God's Word. Big problem. On the other side, we have 
church members that don't know the word. They they don't know how to evaluate a pastor. I in in the um in the early eighties, I was talking to a gentleman who was on a pulpit committee. This is while I was still in college. And I, I'd never really talked to anybody on a pulpit committee. What are you looking for? What what are the questions? This was like a, a big mystery to me. And this gentleman told me that what they were concerned about was how often did this pastor believe that the, his grass should be cut? What time did he think he should come to, to work, uh, office hours? Those were the things that they were concerned about. I asked him, I said, well, what about theology? He said, oh, we, we don't ask him anything about theology because we assume that the seminary has fixed all that. Well, the seminary hadn't fixed all that. And so I think, you know, you've got a one-two punch. There's a problem in the pulpit. There's a problem in the pew. And the American church is suffering from that. At the same time, there are more resources to be able to understand the Word of God than there's ever been. I mean, I said it a few weeks ago. Basically, a person uh, can get about 70% of what you and I got in seminary. Now, I mean, the knowledge is out there, and people are hungry. And when people hear something from the Word of God, it's like life-giving water to them. And so um, it, it, while the church is in danger, it seems like bright lights are shining, and those lights stick out with the, with the Word of God. I think that's a very encouraging answer to know that, yes, the, the current situation— you know, those books were right. It is a little grim in some ways. But like you said, there's home churches springing up that are very strong. There's other resources, things that are becoming more available that are very strong. So, yeah, I think as long as we, like you said, stick with the liquid, make sure the liquid, the message, the core of it is good, um, then we can turn this thing around. Amen. And, you know, uh I would encourage people to look for a free grace church. Uh, if they want to know how to find one of those, they can go to faithalone.org and look at their church tracker. And um, I, I just find that theology very consistent, and it can handle all of the questions in the Bible. Absolutely. Thank you for explaining that a little further and going through uh, those examples. And thank you all for listening to another episode of Just One More Thing from Sunrise Church.